are here for a reason. This news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right on Radio.
Welcome in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Jeff. I'm the host of Right On Radio. This is a faith-based broadcast. We do discuss God and politics, but on Sunday, which is my favorite show, we focus on studying the Word of God. And if you have been following the studies and you've read ahead, you should be very excited at this one because there's a good chance <laughs> that I could really blow it in front of you because we're going to be dealing with some things that always make uh, make me uncomfortable to discuss. This is a deep, deep chapter. I don't think we'll be able to get through the whole thing today. In fact, it, I don't think we would uh, do it justice if that was the case. But nonetheless, uh, this, this one is good, and I just know that the Holy Spirit will have a word for you personally. And uh, just noticing on, on the chat, uh, God bless you, Ellen. I really appreciate you. Um, oh, you know what? I had a thought. For the people in the live chat on Rumble in particular, I can do this for Facebook as well. At the end of today's broadcast, uh, right towards the end, if you want to put a brief prayer request in the chat, do it in all caps, and I will pray for that thing uh, for you. And uh, it's not that there's anything special about my prayers, although I do have a very solid faith. But the thing is, when I pray, there's a whole bunch of people watching at the same time who will join in the prayers together. And uh, I missed the, the prayer call last night. Uh, I'll tell you why in a few moments uh, after we read the, uh, the chapter. But I think you're going to... Yeah. <laughs> Um, I always regret missing it, but sometimes, you know, life is, is life. Um, anyways, let me just open with a brief prayer. Heavenly Father, we come here. We thank you for Peter. Uh, we thank you for the incredible choice of words that a mere fisherman or even a, a great apostle um, and he is a great apostle, but no human could put together these words without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I appreciate how you used each one's personality when writing the Word of God so that we could understand it because we relate to different people in different ways and different personalities in different ways. God, that just shows how good you are to us, that you would even forethink those details. But Father, I do ask at this time as I read your word that first of all, you bless your word that goes forward and the Holy Spirit will minister individually to each person that listens. And I don't even have to pray for that because Lord, that is your will and that is your intention. But I state it so that you will get glory in their testimony of what you have done, even through this study of your word. But Father, I pray also that you guard my tongue as we go through this, 
particularly the first seven verses, Lord. <laughs> and, uh, and Lord, if I say anything that is incorrect or does not line up with your scripture, uh, I pray it falls off of the ears of those listening. And Father, if I have made a mistake, I pray that you make me aware of it so that I may publicly retract. Lord, it would be an, it's an honor to be humble in front of you. And if I do make mistakes, I want to be humble in front of my audience and show my humanness. I'm not asking to make mistakes, Lord. I take your word very seriously. And I take the stewardship of this platform you've given me very seriously. But Lord, I pray that you bless everyone that is in this community, whether they're on this broadcast or listening later, or even if they don't listen, but they're members of this community. Lord, give them strength in their legs, heal their bodies, give them assurance financially, and Lord, remove all fears and anxieties that come in these troubling times that we live in. Lord, you chose us, this generation, to be here at this moment, and you would never give us something that you could not carry us through. We say hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Amen. Woo! All right. I'm excited. I'll tell you why I missed um, right after I missed the prayer, right after I read through this chapter. And I'm going to give you a special invitation as well. Uh, I'm playing. I think I might do a chat where we can ha just have an open conversation. It should be interesting if you guys are interested. First Peter chapter three. <laughs> You'll see why I have some trepidation here. <laughs> Let me just read it this way with just a little bit of vocal inflection. <laughs> In the same way, you wives <laughs> be subject to your own husbands so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won over without a word by the behavior of their wives. <laughs> just, I, I'm going to just pause for a second here. I'm not laughing at the word of God. It's to be taken very seriously. I'm laughing at what I hope I don't say <laughs> on air. Verse two, as they observe your pure and respectful behavior, your adornment must not be merely the external braiding the hair, wearing gold jewelry, or putting on apparel, but it should be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit. Lord, help me. <sighs> Which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, the holy women of former times who hoped in God also used to adorn themselves, 
being subject to their own husbands. Just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you have proved to be her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. Just pause for a second, folks. Listen, I am. I want to assure you I'm not laughing at the word of God. You know what? God is capable of giving us joy. And honestly, I'm experiencing a lot of joy in this and probably for some of the wrong reasons, my human flesh, uh, fallen flesh. <laughs> it's This is good news for you women. I'm uh, Spoiler alert. This is good news, okay? <laughs> oh my goodness. I, this hasn't happened before. I apologize. I really just have the joy of the Lord in me today. <laughs> now, here you go, ladies. Verse 7. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Oh my goodness, Lord help me. <laughs> to sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, loving, compassionate, and humble. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, for you were called for the very purpose that you would inherit a blessing for. The one who desires life, to love and to see good days, must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it, for the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against evildoers. And who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be in dread, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts always being ready to make a defense to anyone who asks you to give account for the hope that is in you, but with gentleness and respect, and keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who disparage your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better, if God should will it so, that you suffer for doing what is right, rather for doing what is wrong. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all time, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit." in which he also went and made proclamation to the spirits in prison, 
who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers had been subject to him. Have you uh, seen where some of these chat challenges have come from in this chapter? Okay, so just in brief. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Uh, just in brief, uh, the reason I was not at prayer last night, and, and this is going to set up the first uh, <laughs> seven or eight verses. Um, my wife had bought concert tickets to go see Jeremy Camp, a Christian artist, a uh, lot of hits. Wow. Um, and we went to the show last night. I actually took some video and was going to play it as the worship song. I just couldn't uh, figure out how to get the video from this new camera. God bless each and every one of you. Um, onto the computer yet. I, I know how to do it. It just takes time to do it the first time. Um, anyways, there's no doubt in my, my, my mind that my wife had some consternation about going to this show with me. <laughs> and as it says later on in here, I need to understand her in that. And the reason would be, you know, it seems that I'm pointing out, uh, you know, she was afraid. She loves the music, first of all, and uh, she receives from the words. Um, it opens up a time of worship in her. And she didn't want me to go and say, look, they're doing a ritual, <laughs> you know, or that's bad. That's gnarly. <laughs> which uh, apparently I do often. And uh, so she had a bit of trepidation. She didn't say that out loud, by the way, but uh, I, the body language was off the charts. <laughs> and uh, anyways, I, uh, I sat there quietly um, and really observed everything about the show. Uh, I prayed through most of it, asking the Lord, what am I seeing? What am I hearing? And uh, anyways, if you are interested, I need you to write this in our chat channel. But if you are interested in me talking about and giving you a concert review I will do it in a open Telegram chat so we can all discuss the Jeremy Camp concert. Haven't been to a concert in a while, especially a worship one. Uh, so 
I think he would find it interesting. <coughs> a little bit of spoiler alert. Uh, my general impression was quite good. All right. So let's get into Peter's instructions to us for godly living. And of course, this is talking about wives here in the beginning in the first seven verses. I want those women in the audience who are not married to pay particular attention to these verses as well. Uh, some of you may have gone, unfortunately, through divorce. Sometimes there's biblical reasons why you do that. Sometimes the world just uh, has it happen. And there's no judgmental, there's no judging for me, myself or anyone in this community on that. And there's some of you who are just not married yet, or some of you who may be widowed. Keep in mind, if you are not in a physical marriage to a man, you are married to Christ. You are the bride of Christ. And the same will go to the men who are listening, who are finding themselves single. You are still the bride of Christ, and you should consider these words as the bride of Christ. So it starts off in the same way, you wives be subject to your own husbands. Now, a lot of people get their back up on this. And we touched on it in Ephesians as well. We covered this subject, but Peter takes a little bit of a different angle than Paul did. And um, actually, I think I prefer the way Peter handles it. It's brilliant as we go through these verses. But being subject means, you know, being, un to many people, there's the impression of being under rule, being a slave, for instance. Um, and I got to tell you, um, you are somewhat under rule because it says, be subject to your own husbands. So let me just give you a brief about that. In fact, we can look at what the devil does to give a perfect explanation of what God is doing. Have you ever heard, you know, the, the people who worship Satan, you know, they're one of their sayings order out of chaos. Well, they want to create chaos to bring in their ungodly order. But God is a God of order. And if he was not a God of order, there would be chaos. So in each family, in each marriage, there must be a head. And listen, I get it. In a lot of marriages, uh, men don't want to be the head. And for lack of a better term, they let the women wear the pants. Well, a man can do that. But he is then out of order with his Lord. A man should always consult his wife and consider her words carefully 
and I'll just skip right down to the end uh, of, of this section. You are fellow heirs. In God's eyes, a man is not superior to a woman. A woman is not superior to a man. Okay? By God putting order into a marriage, he did not make one superior over the other. He just added order. And I won't dwell on the accountability part, but this is actually a blessing for the women and having this responsibility as a man and not many men, I would say, well, probably half men don't who are believers do not take this seriously. And there's problems when they don't because they are out of order. Okay. So remember, God did this just to give order and the man is accountable to God and a woman is accountable to man, but man and woman are both equally accountable to God in your respectful role. God is much smarter than you or I. Please take note of that. Now, it's interesting that he says, uh, in the same way, you wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word. So this is a husband. And, and listen, just as a general observation in the right on radio community, um, many of you women have godly husbands, but they don't get on the prayer calls. They don't do things. They're not as active in their faith as women are. And I don't know why that is, but I suspect it's easier for a woman to be humble before the Lord than it is for a man. That's just my suspicion. But listen to this, and, and he expounds on this in, in a few different situations as we go through this chapter. So your husband is disobedient to the word of God. You know, maybe he's backslidden or whatever, but this is referring to a godly man, a man who was born again. It says that they may be won over, listen to this, without a word by the behavior of their wives. Why is that? Well, first of all, if you go as a woman and start bow breeding your husband down saying, you're not doing what you should be doing. You think he's going to listen to you? Or is he going to get his back up and go even further into rebellion? Well, the answer is in the very next line, next verse. As they observe your pure and respectful behavior. 
you know, men and women are very, very different. And later in the chapter, God gives an impossible task to men to understand your wives. <laughs> but I can say this, and I think it's a general understanding, is that women think more emotionally than men. Not all women. You can't paint every person as a, you know, in the same brush stroke. But women generally are more emotional than men. And women need emotional support from a man. They need to feel they're of value. They need to feel loved. And a man also desires those qualities from a woman. But a man desires it in different ways. And again, general terms... If a woman, a wife is clingy, oh, I love you, baby, constantly, that's going to repel most men, at least a manly man, more manly type of uh, man. But what I'd say every man needs, just as women need the emotional support, men need respect above all. If a man feels his wife respects him, then he feels loved. Because men from the beginning of time have this doer type of mentality. And I know some men do more than others, but still a man, man who goes to work or a man who does this or does that, he needs to feel respect for it. And if he doesn't feel respect, he doesn't want to do. So ladies, please keep that in mind. Show respect to your man, even when he's not walking in adherence to the word of God. Let your love light shine through you. The next part uh, should not be controversial. Uh, some people have taken this the wrong way. I think it's very clear when you look at the character of God and, and all the different things. But verse 3, your adornment must not be merely the external braiding the hair, wearing gold jewelry, or putting on apparel. But it should be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. A godly woman does not rely on the adornments of the world. Nowhere in scripture that I have ever found does God say you cannot wear jewelry? You cannot dress nice. You cannot wear makeup. You cannot be, you know, dress up. I think a man appreciates that in a woman. But it is futile 
if you do it and you're dirty inside. You know, how many women in this world, and I'm speaking of the world, not not in Christian circles as much, rely on the external beauty. And then you go and talk to them and you're like, you know, you know, a man can see through that. <laughs> Let me just say, a woman can make herself as beautiful as possible, and a man might have, you know, an unsaved man <laughs> might have intentions to uh, get to know that person, but he knows he doesn't want to know the next day. <laughs> okay? Politely said, because a man can see through that. And... You know, women, the, the beauty industry is so massive in this world. And even Christian women, you know, will go out and get Botox and stuff like that because they want to keep their young looks. And I get it. But you know what? I'm just going to put forth a theory. Just a theory. That if you're beautiful on the inside, even if your skin starts to get wrinkled, if you start to show blemishes of age, you are more beautiful than what you can do to make any physical adaptations. You don't need it, ladies. You don't need it. If you're beautiful inside, you're beautiful outside. No matter what shape or form you look at yourself in. You need to look in the mirror and see the person inside the skin. That God created you and he did not make a mistake. No matter what you think of your appearance, because maybe there was some bully that said something to you when you were young, called you ugly, or you look funny, you're, you know, you got to, whatever thing it is, you know, I have a huge head. Some people have big noses. Some people, their eyes, they feel are too close together, or you got a saggy chin. God created the person inside of you. He created your flesh as well, and you're to steward your flesh. And many of us don't do a good enough job, but stewarding your flesh is not going out and getting operations. This is just my opinion. And if it's not from God, Lord, I pray you wash it away. But as a Christian woman, you shouldn't be doing that stuff. You shouldn't be spending your money on that stuff. It's okay to wear jewelry, though. It's okay to adorn yourself. I love when my wife gets dressed up for me. One of the things that we loved about going on cruises in particular, which we haven't done in a number of years, but um, there would be a formal night and I would put on my tuxedo and she'd put on a beautiful gown and, you know, we would slow dance and I would feel that beautiful material on my hand as it's on her back. Those are beautiful things, but only because she's beautiful inside. 
I probably belabored that point a little bit too much. But it's a big problem in our society. And I consider myself a godly man. So I hope that the uh, essence of God's character was in that diatribe that I just spoke. And I hope, I'm confident, as a matter of fact, that that's going to minister to someone who is listening today. Verse 5. For in this way, the holy woman of former times, who hoped in God, also used to adorn themselves, being subject to their own husbands. Just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you have proved to be her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. So, of course, to be one of Sarah's children is to be a child of God, is the reference here. We are sons and daughters of the seed of Abraham. We are the elect. Um, Just a quick note on verse 6. Just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Um, (laughs) So this morning I, um, you know, was speaking with my wife briefly um, in between preparing and coming into the studio. And I said, dear, I'm going to be teaching from the word of God that is biblical that you should call me Lord. (laughs) She responded, yes, dear. I said, no, 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 no. It says it's biblical for you to call me my Lord. She says, all right. (laughs) And I went there a third time and still did not get my Lord. So please pray for my wife. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) You don't need to call your husband's Lord. (laughs) You don't. (laughs) But I think the essence of it is to be subject to your husband's as we discussed in Ephesians and uh, just briefly here. Uh, I'm going to, well, let me see. Where should I stop here? Being a blessing, stand your call for the purpose and inherit the blessing. You know what? I'm going to just sum it up after verse 8 and Nine. Verse seven. You husbands, in the same way, oh, so women are to be subject to men, but Peter says here that you husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. 
So just, just listen to these two words, women be respectful of your husbands, even if he doesn't deserve it, he'll come around to deserving it. If you do it without words and you respect your man. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. Now, this is a bit of a dichotomy because it's very hard for a man to understand a woman. And women can understand men. That's a bold statement, I suppose, but women can understand men much easier than a man can understand a woman. Women, men are simple. Um, My wife might say to the contrary uh, in my thought process, but in my actions, I'm a pretty simple guy. And I think most men are pretty simple. And we're pretty predictable. A woman, a little bit harder because men don't think as emotionally. And not to say that women can't think logically. Of course they do. Of course you do. Uh, There's some women who are far more logical than a lot of men. Just put it that, put that out there as well. But essentially it's hard for a man to understand a woman. We've never been a woman. We've never experienced the things that women do. Women act differently. So they should than men do. And women are more complex. Here's an example a man wanting to understand <laughs> a man wanting to understand what is going on with his wife might say is everything okay and she says it's fine <laughs> now Any man who has been married for any period of time knows that when a woman says it's fine, you are in trouble. (laughs) It's not fine. Why did you lie, woman? (laughs) It's not fine. The man is trying to understand what is going on. It's fine. No, it's not. I have enough enough life experience. I'm not just referring to my wife. I'm referring to every one of you. (laughs) Every one of you have done this. So then the man says, okay, I know it's not fine, but she ain't going to tell me. I'm just going to go about my bit. And then you don't understand. Actually, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, Lord, forgive me for that. And I get in trouble. Uh, so the woman doesn't weep, doesn't so blah, 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 okay. But typically, then the woman will say, by the way, I haven't even looked at chat <laughs> because I'm probably getting crucified. 
<coughs> can't we be honest? You know what I'm saying is true. Sometimes a woman needs to come around and let just process it emotionally before she brings it forward. But couldn't you just say that, dear woman? Yeah, look, I, I got some things going on inside right now. I'm not real happy. Uh, I need to process it. And then at a later time, when I'm ready, can we talk? The man would say, fine. <laughs> See how easy it could be? Uh, so in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is woman. Um, some women are stronger than some men. I get it. But in general, men are stronger. That's why men should not be competing in women's sports, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to belabor that. And show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Ah, did you hear that? That's what I said at the beginning. In Jesus' eyes, the man is not higher than a woman. He just gave us this fleshly order here. You, a woman and a man, are fellow heirs in the kingdom of God. God does not put one higher than the other. So why wouldn't we want to be obedient to his word in marriages? Because if we are, there is God's order. And with God's order comes blessing. And with blessing comes joy. Do you want to have joy in your marriage? Follow God's instruction. Not Jeff's instruction. This is God's words, not mine. I'm just trying to study it out and use common logic, deduction, and uh, a lot of help from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. And listen to this. This is talking to the men. So that your prayers will not be hindered. That's interesting. So men, if you are not honoring your wives, your prayers are hindered? Well, later on, it goes on to say that the Lord honors the prayers of a righteous person. And if you're not walking in righteousness in your marriage, then your prayers are hindered. And I just want to say, Praying is the greatest privilege, other than obviously being covered in blood and stuff like that and having entrance into the kingdom of God. But the fact that we can ask the creator of the universe, and he cares enough to answer every one of your prayers— no, he didn't miss one. He didn't get busy with something else. He answered that prayer. Maybe you need to seek him out and see why you haven't understood that yet. But he answers every prayer. 
That'd be a great study to prove that to you. Maybe I'll do that someday. It's just a special show. God hears and answers every prayer. Sometimes the answer comes a little while down the road. But he's already done it. It just hasn't happened yet. Verse 8. To sum up, all of you be harmonious. That's men and women. Harmonious. Can you be harmonious if you're not actually living out in a biblical way? No, because there's no order, which means there's chaos. Sympathetic, loving, compassionate, and humble. Harmonious. If you're a musician, you know what harmony is. And even if you're not a musician, you probably know what harmony is. But in musical terms, there's usually three notes. You could have more notes, uh, but a chord root is three notes. And they're three notes that sound really good together. If you put in a wrong note, it spoils the chord and it doesn't sound musical. There's no harmony. So you're playing from the same chord and it helps. It makes it a more beautiful thing because you're working together harmoniously. And to do that, I think you have to be sympathetic because we do want to put others before ourselves as Christ did as the ultimate example. You have to have sympathy. We have to have sympathy. And I've admitted on here before, and I'll do it again. Um, sympathetic, I've always been. Uh, loving, yeah. Um, doesn't always come easy. I'm, uh, I, I think I, my heart has been very guarded uh, because of some experiences, and many of you would relate to that. But I think in general, I have a loving heart. And uh, I think anyone who's born again has a loving heart. Compassion has been one of my greatest challenges. Because I've always been kind of cold in the way that it's just, you don't like where it's going, go the other way. You know, stop whining about it. Stop doing it. It's not, obviously not working. Go the other way. But as I've gotten older and life has beaten me up, a lot more, I've realized that sometimes, and the mind is such a complicated thing, sometimes people who are in misery or in suffering just want to stay there. And I'm talking about suffering of your own doing, not the suffering that we're going to talk about later in the chapter. But suffer, listen, you, you sin, there's consequence. And sometimes we just want to remain, you know, in that pit. And it's just, uh, we want to feel sorry for ourselves and stuff like that. So I never really understood that until I experienced it. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Um, and if you haven't experienced it, you probably will. So do your best to be compassionate 
now and humble. And it's no mistake that Peter puts that word right after it. Because when you're not compassionate, I'd say you're not humble. <laughs> that couldn't happen to me. Oh, oh, yes, it can. And God will humble you if you think that. Oh, yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. He wants to teach you that lesson. Go ahead, egg him on. I don't need to do that. Boast in yourself, folks. Okay. The Lord will answer that one every time. It doesn't have to be a prayer. He knows your thoughts. He knows who you are. He will answer. And then just some wise counsel in verse 9. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but give a blessing instead. And I'm going to just finish off in a second in verse 9. Or actually in verse 10. You know, if someone yells at you, it's really easy to uh, to yell back. But if you have some discipline, and if you're called to be a disciple of Christ, to be a disciple means you are disciplined. You can answer in a soft voice. It's hard for them to yet continue yelling if you lower your voice. And what's the instruction? Return by giving a blessing. So someone says something really disparaging to you because they want to cut through you. And words do. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. Words cut through you and those wounds are very hard to heal. Want to get past it quick? Follow the word of God. Give a blessing. So someone says, you know, and I'm just not going to use a harsh insult. I'll just a joking one. You're ugly and your mother dresses you funny. Right? We've all heard that saying. Oh, go and be blessed. I hope you have the best day and the Lord is good to you. <laughs> Guess what? That insult just got washed away. It's amazing how, and that's a demonstration of the power of God's word. Do you realize that that insult couldn't hurt you if you bless them back? You see the power of God's word in action, in your action, being obedient to God? And for the second time in uh, in this study of Peter, let me just continue, read verse 9 in its completion. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. Listen to this. For you were called for the very purpose that you would inherit a blessing. 
So in the last chapter, he says, you were called to suffer for Christ. But here he says, you are also called that you would inherit a blessing. And I'll leave it there and continue. Um, I'm going to look at the chat briefly for those of you who are just listening. So there will be a bit of a pause here, but I did. Oh, Punky, thank you so much. Blessings to you uh, for doing that. Um, if you have a specific prayer request, I want you to write them in the chat now. And I will pray for that thing for you. Uh, please put it in caps so it stands out. And uh, after the broadcast, I'm going to go back and read the uh, chat. And actually, while I'm waiting for any questions, I'll see if there's any rebukes. <laughs> and if there is a rebuke and I'm wrong, I'm going to be humbled, as I said at the very beginning, and say that. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Yes. I can't believe I was breaking up laughing, reading the word of God. That was embarrassing to me. Uh, but humbling at the same time. So I guess it was in the will of God. Uh, ta -ta 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 -ta. Okay. So far, no rebukes. Halfway down. Oh, how did that work for you, Jeff? <laughs> um, oh, probably referring to me asking my wife to call me Lord. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, Misty. You Well, a lot of people, I'm so proud of my audience of doing all this harvesting and sharing tips and stuff like that. It's like, you know, what people did for centuries before this lazy century that we've been in. I think that everyone who's, uh, you know, gardening and doing all these things is really being blessed by uh, doing it. And uh, we've said that. Oh, can I say this while I'm waiting for questions to come in? Or prayer requests, rather, not questions. Um, Thursday's broadcast, for any of you who are still with, uh, with us here, I had uh, Rafa on and... I know many of you were in the chat and you were hearing, you know, new age thoughts that Rafa has. He think they he has a different spiritualism than we do, to be kind. But I want to say to you that uh, the day before I actually had spoke with him for about an hour, and he even asked me what what it means to be born again. He is very open to the gospel. Uh, he is searching, and he's searching in many, many ways. He hasn't made up his mind about all these things. But he feels a certain way because his journey has brought him into his beliefs right now, and it's working. It's, it's you know, it's love. It's, you know, uh, being kind to each other. You know, he believes all those things. But I wanted to say this specifically to the Right On Radio community that was in the chat. There was a bunch of his uh, followers that were there. 
I was so impressed and I, there was never any doubt in my mind, the graciousness that every one of you who was in the live chat showed, you didn't rebuke someone for their beliefs. You didn't correct them. You didn't say, but the scripture says and beat them over the head with the Bible because they wouldn't have listened. It wouldn't have worked. You know, someone who believes something strong, well, the Bible says it, but they don't believe the Bible. So, you know, you guys so impressed me with your restraint. And, you know, it reminds me, it, it just says, don't return evil for evil or, you know, rebuke for rebuke. Sometimes saying nothing and just letting your light shine. And that really came out in this chapter, actually. That's what you did. Surely God's hand is on this community. Not one person came in. Everyone showed so much grace. Okay. Oh, Punky says I'm in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, my wife actually, so my wife goes to church. She's gone back to her old church. She wants to rekindle those relationships and uh, everything. One of our old churches actually was three churches ago. We went to this one, but it's the only one that we really maintained relationships out of. And uh, so she listens to these afterwards. And uh, uh, <laughs> water. Oh, you guys are funny. Okay. Um uh, yeah, yeah, I know it's Twinkie Punk. I know Punky B is Twinkie Punk. I just read what was said on the air. Okay, I do have a couple prayer requests here, so I'm going to pray for them, and then we will close. And I'll, I'm going to pray for everyone in general as well, because at least for the last couple hours, I believe I've been living righteously, so my prayers should be unhindered according to God's word. <laughs> If I'm right, who's right? <laughs> um, Michelle has asked, pray for the right eye cataract, smooth and fast healing and left eye surgery tomorrow morning. Right eye was done last week. Okay. Heavenly Father, I lift up Michelle. Lord, your word says for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see, and I know you're speaking of spiritual eyes, Lord, but Lord, your word is much deeper than what comes across on the surface. And Lord, you care about Michelle's physical eyes as well. I thank you for the surgeon's that did the operation last week. And I thank you for the healing. And Lord, during this experience, because one eye was done before the other eye, you have set a measurement. You have set an expectation on how the other eye would heal. And Father, I'm sure she prayed ahead of time and your hand has already been in 
these operations. But Lord, my prayer, my request to you on behalf of Michelle, Lord, is that you use that measurement, that healing process time that she's experienced to show your miracle in the operation on the other eye. Show her the difference, Lord, expedite it. Let her know that it could have only been you because she already knows what to expect in the world. Yes, Lord, show her. Build her faith up even greater. And Lord, that she will share, I pray that she will also share the testimony of your goodness and kindness in her life. I thank you for having your hand on Michelle. <clears throat> and for Twinkie, uh, for Barbie, my aunt, that she comes to the Lord. Okay. And, uh, and Cackle Smack has said, pray for my husband based on a chat that we had a couple Sundays ago. Um, I did have a telephone conversation and I'm familiar with that. Um, Lord, I pray for Barbie. Lord, and I, I know Twinkie Punk's heart as well, as I've had a few convert, delightful conversations with her. I know her, her struggles in her family. Lord, I know her heart for her family. And it's a righteous heart for her family. And Lord, asking for Barbie to be born again is a righteous prayer. And Lord, I actually know the situation because she has shared it with me about her aunt. And Lord, <laughs> this one will be an obvious miracle of you. But Lord, I already feel in my spirit that you are moving in that direction. And Lord, I believe that even Twinkie has that same suspicion. So that's why we are making the public declaration today. Lord, a public proclamation today in the spirit. That Lord, it isn't the work that we would do to bring Barbie to salvation. But Lord, it is only a work that you can do because no flesh can boast in our or anyone else's salvation. It is only the work of God. Yes, Father, we are thankful that you give us a part in it sometimes to read your word or to, to minister to someone, evangelize to someone but it is only a work of God. So Lord, the fact that you have this prayer going out today, I pray in Jesus' name that Barb, Barbie becomes born again. 
And Lord, I don't want it. I, I pray that it is not on a deathbed confession, Lord. I pray that this is a strong witness that you turn this person around for your glory in the most powerful way. And Lord, I just, I know the effect that Barbie can have on many people in this family. Let it be so, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Whoa, I got choked up on that one. Lord, I pray for Cackle Smack's husband. Lord, you know his heart, you know her heart, and you know what is happening in the marriage. Lord, your word clearly spells out, and even just from the nine verses we read today in your word and your instruction, Lord, that you've asked women to respect men who sometimes are not respectable, and you've asked men to understand women where it's, it's seemingly impossible for a man to understand a woman. You have given us a difficult task outside of the word of God. So, Lord, I ask you to minister to his heart and to minister to her heart in this situation. And Lord, I even pray that you dispatch others that will be in relationship with them to also minister in this. And Father, I would be remiss if I didn't ask because you are in command of angels, that you would send angels there as well. Lord, we don't have if we don't ask. And I pray that these things will be done to your glory. In Jesus' name. Again, um, folks, there's nothing special about my prayer. God didn't put me above you because he made me a podcaster. In fact, it's the truth that I'm probably lower than most of you because I'm a podcaster. Becoming a podcaster, you know, they say we're influencers. Yes, my voice is heard by many people but it just puts more responsibility on me. And really, it makes me lower than you because I must be lower than you to carry this responsibility. So there is nothing special about my prayer other than I have a deep faith. But if you have a deep faith, I have no advantage over you. But these prayers have power 
only because of Jesus' name and because of all the people that prayed along with those prayers. And by the way, uh, because I know <laughs> some of the people who are here live who were praying along, and they were, I can guarantee you, they were praying along, they used much better words than I did. <laughs> but it isn't how fancy your words are. It's the fact that God promises to hear your prayer. And he says even more so when two or more are gathered in his name. You know, this was a, uh, this is just an example of biblical living. This is what we're called to do, folks. And it's to have compassion for everyone. Oh, I have a request on, what platform is that? It's from Victor's Spade. And it says, can you help me understand a passage from the Bible? Well, I don't know which one it is, so I would love to help you understand it. Um, you can send me an email. Just make sure I know it's Victor Spade, 89. I think that's DLive or, oh, hold on. What? Uh, no, this is Twitch. It's Twitch. Thank you, Victor, on Twitch. Uh, send me an email at uh, writeonjeff at gmail.com and I will pray over the verse that you were asking about and respond to you. All right, everyone, thank you for being here. May God bless each and every one of you. Uh, you guys really blessed me with that camera last week and uh, and stuff, but uh, I need to continue to ask uh, that this is a supported a listener-supported show. Uh, there's links in the description box. Uh, and by the way, if you use PayPal, you have to use the link that's in the description box. You might have to copy and paste it, but... Uh, my email right on Jeff at Gmail does not work for uh, PayPal. Anyways, thank you all for being here. Um, I just pray that everyone here is touched by God today. And I pray for joy today in each of their lives as you increase their faith, Lord. And that your blessings are abundant in each one's life as a witness to your goodness and your glory. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. In the meantime, remember to love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.